Hello, Hive Nation, and welcome back to the Hive Nation podcast. Each week, we bring you leaders in leadership, mentorship, and personal and professional development. Each week, we have a member from the Hive Nation join us to talk about their journey to help you connect, engage, grow, and evolve. Now, here's JB to introduce today's guest. Hey, thanks, Greg. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, today we have a special guest on, uh, Mr. Cody Demaray from Prince Albert, Saskatchewan here. Cody has a, uh, a wonderful story. Um, uh, kind of a, a pick yourself up off the mat type of story and, uh, you know, make the best of, of what you've got left. And, uh, you know, I think, I think it'll, it'll very much resonate with a lot of our listeners and a lot of the, uh, the, I'm going to, I'm going to say the, the younger listeners within our, our demographic for sure. It's, uh, it's great to have a young entrepreneur like Cody on who, uh, can tell his, his story, not only the, the, the bad, but the good as well, and how he used the bad in order to raise himself up to uh, the podium and uh, podium literally uh, that he's that he's taken now, as uh, he will tell you about his uh, public speaking record that he's that he's up to as well. But uh, Cody was uh, was born and raised in, in Prince Albert and uh, <clears throat> You know, we all have our demons and he, you know, Cody fought some, uh, fought some demons early in his life, but uh, like I say, picked himself up off the mat, decided one day that uh, that's all got to change and uh, started a, um, a clothing company called Limitless Gear. And uh, uh, he's had very, very good success with that and, uh, you know, made his story into a uh, speaking engagement as well. So, uh, Cody, uh, uh, welcome to the podcast, and, and thanks for being on. Well, I really appreciate uh, the introduction, of course, both gentlemen, and thank you very much for having me on your podcast, of course. I look forward to our, our chats with, you know, what we have to uncover today. And I do actually love that uh, analogy, get yourself off the mat. I haven't been uh, described as that, you know, I don't think too much before, at least that as much of my knowledge, but I really like that analogy. Might have to use that one in the future references, just to let you know if that's okay with you. <laughs> Absolutely expect an invoice. No, I'm just kidding. hundred <laughs> percent kidding. Yeah, you go ahead. Um, so Cody, why don't we start with, uh, you know, kind of where, where, wherever you want to start really, but like, you know, how, how you got into uh, being an entrepreneur and, uh, you know, like, let's start from where you, where you did pick yourself up off the mat and, and I guess maybe how you got to the mat first, maybe, and then uh, picked yourself up off the mat to where you get to today. Yeah, for sure. So I think the best way to start this off would be probably, you know, a full background of being raised most of my life by a single mother in Prince Albert here, of course. Uh, biological father wasn't around as he was running a business in Alberta himself. Uh, met him first time when I was about 15 years old. We have an amazing relationship right now, actually, after a few years of not so much. And I'm very thankful for that. But um, in the meantime, my mother did work at Warehouser here in Prince Albert for about 28 plus years. And what Warehouser was, was basically a staple of our economy here in PA, uh, you know, where 700 ish families depended on uh, the income of that facility in order to pay mortgages and bills and groceries and everything of that matter. One where a single parent could actually afford, you know, to raise two kids, I think, comfortably. Um, so when I was about 11 years old, my mom unfortunately lost that job, her and 700 other people, of course, of that facility. And I remember my mother coming home quite upset, of course, and I, I couldn't exactly understand at the time being of what that exactly meant. 
but I just remember seeing tears and sadness in her face, unfortunately, because you do anything for 28 plus years. Um, and then it comes to a complete stop, you know, within like two months or so of receiving this letter, uh, your world gets turned upside down, sort of speak. And so, you know what, it went from, I don't want to say abundance, but it went from being able to play school activities or different sports, uh, going on camping trips with my family and friends and stuff like that to, I remember being like, you know, somewhat of the opposite to, I remember my mom being worried about paying bills and, you know, taking care of certain things. And that gave me the understanding that, of course, if I want anything else in this life, you know, I can't depend on my mother, um, you know, as she's just basically trying to provide, you know, the structure over our, our heads, basically, more or less. And so that is when I started to really understand that I have to put the work ethic in myself. And at about age 11, I started cutting grass on the side, uh, you know, after schools and long weekends and weekends and, you know, in between basically summer holidays. Uh, I got the bright idea that I wanted to play hockey when I was about 11 years old. And I never actually even stepped on skates too much, to be honest, prior to that. So I was more or less Bambi on ice. Um, at that time, but I still had a dream because I seen these hockey players and I, I wanted to be a part of something like that, like a team, uh, you know, that, that team sportsmanship, that high five in situations, all those fun things that a team uh, mentality has behind them. And I just remember asking my mother, you know, if I could play hockey one year and that was right after she lost that job. And once again, I remember that sadness in her face that, you know, it wasn't an, an easy question for me to ask her that. And so that is what, you know, sparked my own work ethic, because I realized I have to put in forth the effort if I want to get some of the things I want in life. So, you know, lots of friends were basically out doing their own thing at that age, right, playing school sports or playing different sports. And I was, you know, trying to earn some extra money on the side um, to help pay for some of the things I want in life as even as simple as clothes and you know my own cell phone and some things you know like food basically when I would go out with different friends to a you know a movie theater whatever it was and uh that kind of left me you know very independent but at the same time I started to compare myself which is one of the biggest lessons in life that I've learned early on is when you compare yourself to somebody else's life it can be one of the quickest ways to diminish your own happiness unfortunately because everyone comes from different circumstances. It doesn't make anyone better or, you know, worse than anyone else. It just means you came from a different circumstance. But of course, at that young of an age, I didn't necessarily understand that. So it left me very susceptible to anger issues, depression, drugs, alcohol, started experimenting. And of course, with my addictive personality and my ADHD superpowers, deep downside, I, um, I started really, you know, diving deep with a lot of the bad stuff, basically, because I had my own disposable income. But and then life just kind of carried on there. Um, things got worse for sure before they got better. I can promise you that. But yeah. So I, I, I I'm not sure if I if I read that or if Greg sent that to me or what it was, but uh, you were in a bad car accident or something like that, uh, and that's kind of was that kind of the turning point for you. You know what, I wish I could say that was, you know, the last time that I needed to kind of hit my head against the wall. But, 
Yeah. So living this self-destructive tendencies that I used to live, of course, of not personally portraying that I cared about anything in life, including my own health or safety. Um, it led to a, a very severe accident one night of me and my best friend in a car crash. Unfortunately, I was drinking and driving and, um, you know, we were going way too fast. And, you know, and I woke up shortly after that crash to trying to wake up my best friend that was in the passenger seat and, uh, you know, realizing that he wasn't maybe waking up completely. I, um, we started to spiral and then started to get dark for sure. I started to assume the worst that my best friend was just passing right in front of me. And, uh, you know, next thing I remember waking up in an ambulance right outside my vehicle after, uh, you know, I think the adrenaline and then, of course, the contusions going on in my head, uh, making me pass out basically as a self-defense mechanism. So, you know, and then I woke up again in the hospital in PA here. And then I, f I eventually found out that my best friend was on his way to Saskatoon so that, you know, uh, the doctors could take care of him in a better shape, better form, because the swelling of his head and his brain was uh, is becoming extremely worse off um, because of the impact of us hitting the tree that we eventually hit. And so it was just a regular, you know, high school night, me and a buddy out and about. Um, thought I'd get behind the wheel of something I did a few times before, unfortunately. And it was just a night that, you know, we paid the price kind of thing. Um, yeah. So me and my best friend, you know, we went through a lot together, of course, through that crash. Uh, you know, he was in a self-induced coma in Saskatoon for a few weeks because of it. And unfortunately, one of those nights that I know he was in a coma or sorry, in a self-induced coma, um, kind of heard through the grapevine as I had friends over one night saying that, yeah, we talked to his parents. He's not going to make it through. He's not going to wake up from this uh, induced coma. And of course, that was like the worst thing I could ever imagine anyone ever going through. It's uh, probably one of my main motivators why I work like a workaholic to do what I try and do and uh, get the message across that, you know, life is what we make of it. Even, even if you go down some dark paths in life, um, you know, I tried to actually take my own life after hearing that, after everyone kind of left or my mom's house at that time. And uh, yeah, I remember waking up the next day, actually not even knowing if I was alive or not, to be honest, that's how, that's how close I was from not being here anymore. You know, within a couple of weeks, I think after that, you know, my buddy did actually wake up, but he did spend some time in the Saskatoon hospital for the next few months doing physiotherapy and fortunately trying to put his life back together. And yeah, so that was a, uh, was a pretty intense time of our lives, basically. Wow. Uh, that's, that's quite the story. And I mean, just for you to, you know, take that in and, and, you know, share that with our our listeners and ourselves that's you know it's you probably have I don't know how many years ago that is now Cody but you probably you know have time heals all wounds is what they say but uh you know that's probably one one wound that you'll probably carry with you you know the rest of your life and or share with you know really anybody who who's willing to listen to that yeah I think it's pretty safe to say as I was saying before we started recording for the podcast here to you guys a little bit earlier you know 
my uh, my journey of becoming a speaker is really propelled compared to where it used to be from. And of course, um, I swear I've done probably over 140, 150 presentations. Don't know the exact number over the past two years, but I swear 99% of them, I get a little emotional and teary-eyed. Um, I remember, you know, I think it was about a year and a half ago or two years ago, maybe I used to, you know, wish for those emotions not to be as heavy as they are anymore until I had an elder tell me, no, young man, that's, that's your power. That's where your raw truth comes from. He said, the day that you're not, you know, as heavy a little bit sharing those words is maybe the day you need to stop um, sharing your story. Um, so, you know, something like that, I keep it in close mind, but at the same time, you know, when I first started speaking quite a few years ago with my friend, actually, that was in the car crash together, we started doing a few presentations um, every school year together. I remember I was drained for like a week straight after one presentation. Uh, now it's to the point that I can go probably give, you know, five presentations in a week. It's, it's still going to take a lot out of me, but um you know, when you find your purpose and your mission in this world, you can find an abundance of energy. You know, there's a very good message there, though, too. Uh, not just the, our young listeners, but everybody who's listening to this, that, you know, they're to rely on, on you know, alcohol or, or, or some sort of version of, of uh, uh, um, drugs or whatever is probably not the answer, right? It's, uh, you know, it's, you're, there's probably somebody that you could talk to or reach out to or expand yourself. You know, there's, there's probably a very good message here that, that you probably share within your speaking engagements. Is that fair to say? Oh yeah, for sure. You know, I uh, became pretty dependent on drugs and alcohol at a young age because that's how I felt like I was supposed to fit in, in this world. Right. Um, you know, now, as I've matured over the past few years, thankfully enough, I've started to understand that we're not supposed to fit in in this world. We're supposed to shine. We're supposed to be unique. We're supposed to be creative. We're supposed to be as powerful as we physically can be in this world and show this world our unique strengths and talents and skills. And that is something I'm completely blessed for and being able to understand that now. Yeah. And, uh, you know what? Yeah, I often talk about mental health. I often talk about addictions. Uh, when it comes to using, you know, like say alcohol, I'll be the first one to admit to you, like I can go have a beer now and leave it at that. Um, back in the day, I used to not be able to. And saying that, I've also, you know, met dozens and dozens of buddies that haven't drank in years because they just want to go completely sober. And I have nothing but respect for those people of the highest magnitude. Um, for me, I've just dealt with a lot of a lot of pain and stuff and a lot of sorrows, a lot of demons, basically, like you said there earlier. Um, but at the same time, it's not one of my highest priorities is to go have any uh, drinks, to be honest. So I think that's, you know, just with when you said you talk with your elder and just you sharing your story. I think that's such an important message for anybody that listens to this podcast. Um, you know, especially not to harp on this too much, but June is men's mental health awareness month. And it's not just talking about what's going on. It's sharing your story, you know, asking others that have been there and, you know, you have such a power in doing that. And like you had that conversation with your elder saying, that's your power, Cody, 
use that, right? I think that is so important for anybody listening that has a story because everybody has a story, right? Start yeah. sharing it and, and you don't know. You don't know anybody else's story, but if you share yours, you can impact and change somebody's life, which uh, I would believe is the reason why you motivational speak now, correct? Yeah, like I said, it's it's been one of my biggest motivators why I push past uh, some of the speaking engagements that I wish I could get back, whether, you know, some nerves extra here or I couldn't sleep from the night before or whatever. Um, you know, not every single presentation is what I kind of want to offer, but the beautiful thing is sometimes when I've had a presentation where I'm coming off of, you know, doing quite a few in a row and my energy levels aren't there as much as I'd like them to be, that happens to be, you know, one of the speaking engagements that somebody messages me that night uh, saying, you know what, I need to hear this. Uh, thank you. I didn't want to come, you know, see it, say this basically in front of you or in front of anyone else. That is when it like almost gets deep is when, you know, I push past those moments of like thinking to myself, maybe I need to step back here. And, you know, when I push through those moments, it's when a mother or father kind of opens up, you know, I was just at a community where as I was sharing my story, actually, um, an older gentleman started bawling his eyes out. You know what, in the middle of my presentation, I just went up to him, put my arms around his, you know, on his shoulders. And I said, we're going to have a talk after my man, but you're good for now. I promise you that. I got you. Wow. And um, you know what? Back in the day, like I used to shake while I held a microphone and I wouldn't have that confidence to be able to go and let that gentleman know I'm here for you if you need to talk. But you know what? Immediately after my convert or sorry, my presentation, me and that gentleman went outside. We sat on a uh, picnic table and he shared his story. And he told me that, you know what? I feel like I, I just messed up a lot in life with, um, you know, a few situations. I'm not going to necessarily get into it, mm -hmm. but I just described to him that, you know, everyone's got their own choices to make in this world. You can't be carrying other people's choices on your shoulders. Mm -hmm. And he just looked at me and it's as if no one's ever told this gentleman that before in his life. And you could see almost a weight off his shoulders and I told my wife, you know, if that is what I'm meant to do for the rest of my life right there, I can promise you I'm going to live a happy life. That's fantastic. That's a great story, actually. So after that uppercut puts you on the mat uh, and, you know, you were at your low of lows and you decided to, uh, you know, turn it around. Where did you start, Cody? How did, how did you get into uh, entrepreneurship from that uh, you know, obviously you told us about your work ethic, uh, pre previous to that. And, and you, you had your disposable income from that, but, uh, from where you've taken it to today to limitless gear. And, uh, obviously your history gives you that, that, uh, that ranking as to how you can tell your story as a, as a, as a speaker, but, you know, maybe, uh, maybe just tell our, our audience about how you started limitless gear and, uh, and, you know, where you're going from there. For sure, guys. Um, yeah, so, you know, a few years after that car crash, of course, I, I went away for it, you know, after grade 12 kind of was over. I went to the men's correctional kind of system and stuff like that, went to a treatment center and all that kind of was on, uh, you know, what's it called, a curfew and a few kind of uh, situations afterwards. Well, my best friend was starting to get his life back together, doing his things and, you know, whatnot. When I got out, I'd love to say, you know, that's where my life kind of turned around for the better. Unfortunately, um, 
I fell in old habits eventually, you know, not right off the bat when I got home, but it was, you know, a few months down line. And what did it was, is when I started to hang out with my friend that was in the crash together, you know, uh, we didn't hang out necessarily all the time after that, but every time I did, I, I just, I had this guilt in me. I had this anger for me. Um, I had this, you know, this misery basically just flood over me every time I would hang out with him, you know, after this car crash and I would immediately want to go drink and immediately want to go use drugs. And so I'm not going to lie for the next few years, um, I struggled, you know, I fell off the wagon a few times when it came to drugs. Um, but I am proud to say that it's been quite a few years now since I've touched hard drugs. And that's something I'm very thankful for. Uh, but um, yeah, I, you know what it was? It was thinking that I was okay without actually trying to do the work that I was okay enough. You know, I never really opened up to anyone. I, I would only open up to people when I would be, of course, intoxicated. And, you know, that's when the truth comes out sometimes, right? But you know, I was basically carrying all this baggage and this weight on me for years. And, you know, eventually some folks started to reach out to us and ask if we wanted to share our story together, me and my buddy um, that was in the crash together. Of course, those first few presentations were extremely tough because, you know, I realized I didn't deal with much of the pain that I had to deal with in the first place to move forward. But um, you know, we started doing these presentations together and then starting to realize some of the kids that would come up to us after these presentations, you know, like I said, some of them would come up to us and say how they could relate to this story. They, you know, they went through something similar or a brother or a friend of theirs went through some something similar. It made me really keen on, you know, want to continue this as a, just as a life, but you know, once again, I'm not a perfect, nor do I ever pretend to be. Once again, I relapsed a few times within those years, unfortunately, of kind of getting started because I didn't deal with that baggage and that trauma, right? Eventually, we got into some pretty dark moments in my life before I met my um, my now wife that, you know, I was kind of living in the trades world and, you know, not very happy with what I was doing whatsoever. Uh, I was kind of more or less miserable, actually, being on the road and doing things that I didn't like doing, do, basically doing things I didn't uh, even understand half the time because I just, I didn't grow up as a mechanic, mechanical person, just not who I am. Um, but, you know, so before getting into the trades, I started this clothing brand. And the reason why I started is because back in grade one, a teacher gave us an idea to come off with an, a label, basically using things that were personal to you. For me, I thought that was maybe something I could kind of start off with, you know, as an entrepreneur. Uh, and what inspired me to do that is seeing my best friend that was in the crash together start his own construction business, of course. And that was quite empowering because I remember working with him on building his first fence ever. And, you know, eventually it was a shed, eventually it was a garage, eventually it was a cabin. And it was just so empowering and so beautiful seeing somebody basically, you know, that was told that he wasn't going to come out of a coma to start in a very con uh, successful construction business. So, um, you know, in the start of the process of creating the brand, I used things that were personable to you. Uh, I'm a big fan, big favorite fan of uh, the movie Limitless, 
with Bradley A. Cooper because in the story it could resonate with that because he pulls himself away from the gutter and you know makes his life into something beautiful. Now, of course, in the movie, it kind of is a bad message of mixtures there because he takes a pill to do this. I don't necessarily believe a person has to do that to become who they always possibly could have been. I just believe you have to have that understanding, that belief that you're, 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 you know what, you deserve that. Basically, you're capable of that. And so after starting this clothing business with this name, Limitless Gear, I, um, you know, I started with about a box and a half of t-shirts out of the trunk of my car about six and a half years ago, wrote on a piece of paper one day that I wanted to have a full store. And for three and a half years, I did have a full store up until about a month ago when I moved everything to our house and our basement, I do everything online. So also that I could follow my other dreams of being a professional speaker and a national and hopefully an international speaker one day. But in that time, I did receive the recognition of being Young Entrepreneur of the Year for Saskatchewan. And that was something I'm going to carry close to my heart moving forward. Because I came from the gutter. And I didn't take a pill to, of course, unlock this potential. I just believed that I deserved and I had this possibility in order to add people's, add to people's life, basically, and add value to their lives. The pill you took, Cody, is actually inside you, right? Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. that's... That was the the pill that was that's always been inside you that just needed to be released. That's that's all. So congratulations. So on uh, on that and and of course I'm not sure if I even mentioned it, but so Cody is Métis and so today is uh, is uh, National Indigenous Peoples Day. Uh, it's tomorrow, but this is being recorded. Uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, of course today is National Indigenous Peoples Day. So we. You know, we obviously, you know, empower you uh, to continue on and, and, you know, you that, you know, keep telling your story because, you know, as, as you tell your story, especially if you tell it to like young, um, you know, Indigenous uh, kids who can relate, uh, I think, you know, you'll, you can be one of those guys who like people would look up to, right? Like, uh, I'm not sure how old you are, Cody, I'll say 21 because I'd have no idea, but uh <laughs> Uh, you know, you can you can be that that role model, right? For some of these kids that that are looking for that, and you know, no different than that elder that came to you, right? He wanted he wants to be your, uh, you know, mentor or somebody to lean on. Now you can be that guy, right? So you know, I I, I applaud you, uh, Cody, for what you've done and and how you've done it, and uh, you know, congratulations on the Abex Award and uh, Young Entrepreneur, and yeah. uh, it's it's just. I don't know. It's just a great story. Like it's just uh, one of those feel good stories that, you know, everybody should have a little bit to relate to, right? It doesn't matter, uh, you know, what your upbringing was or where you're at in life. You know, there's always something you can take out of it and then, you know, make different. Yeah. Yeah. No, I really appreciate that. Thank you very much. And uh, yeah, I'm 29. If that helps as well too, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know what? I, I really do appreciate that. That's why, you know, I mentioned to you guys in this podcast that if I do this the rest of my life moving forward, um, that's that's a happy life for me, of course. We're and the same age. That's, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> Jason, Jason's not even 29. His birthday's not till next month. August, yeah. yeah. August. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, Cody, one powerful thing that just stuck, stuck with me, uh, the whole story, but 
you said when you first started speaking, you, you had a shaky hand with the mic. And I think anybody who's ever got up in front of people and spoken, me included, has felt like that. But a piece of advice I got years and years ago from somebody was, if you're not nervous, it doesn't matter. And I said, well, what do you mean? He goes, because if you're nervous, that means you're doing it for the love of it and that you actually want to be there. Because even yeah. if you've done it a hundred times, you can ask, you know, using sports as an analogy, right? Those, those superstars still have those butterflies, right? But they channel that and they use it to power that message. So mm -hmm. yeah, that just, that little piece stuck with me. And I, I just love that so much. Um, one thing you and me, Cody, talked about uh, a couple of days ago when we were chatting uh, was uh, the groups that you're involved in, in the Métis culture. I know you were speaking at um, uh, Métis group uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, like, uh, I can't remember which it was, but in that side, how important is it for you to empower that community and, and be a part of that community? Yeah, for sure. So if I can remember correctly, I was uh, I was a delegate actually at Métis Nation Saskatchewan's uh, MNLA. Mm -hmm. um, but prior to that, I was kind of doing a little bit of a tour for Métis communities as well for uh, schools and, you know, local kind of events and things of that matter. But um, you know what, like my mom, actually, she used to be called a half breed, basically growing up. And uh, that was something that was a derogatory term growing up for her. You know, there's a lot of people that have indigenous, you know, traits and indigenous history and culture and everything within them. But, you know, if it was in a bit of an older generation, you were basically, uh, you know, teased and embarrassed to basically scare the Indian out of people. And that is a basic, um, what's it called? Quote that I took from somebody else that has lived those lives that they tried to scare the Indian out of us. Um, and so, you know, to understand that power, to be able to try your very best to empower and, you know, involve indigenous and Métis cultures and stuff like that to just pursue their dreams instead of being held back is one of the things I definitely want to do as more time goes on because you know what lots of my faults growing up I do believe would have maybe not been there as much if I would have actually known my heritage and known my culture and been proud of it because I actually know what it stands for as an older gentleman now I'm very proud to say I do know a lot more about my culture and heritage of course it's not as much as I would like to know still but, you know, just knowing where I belong, knowing my heritage, knowing where I come from is very important to me. And I believe if we, you know, don't understand that power and that strength that comes from that, we eventually lose that just like anything. Right. And so to understand that, you know, all of us have a voice to be shared, but to also have a responsibility to show others that they also have a voice to be shared as well so that they don't fall through the cracks is something I take very seriously, actually. That's and you know what yeah sorry no no i was just gonna say it's just such a powerful message and, and it's so so important uh just having that pride and who you are where you come from and and just being genuine to yourself no matter what walk of life what culture or you know what place you were born in yeah yeah no i definitely i love that part about me being able to you know hold that strength for sure and I'm glad I have family members within my family that, of course, embrace it as well, because we can have conversations like that. But, um, yeah. 
Awesome. So what's, uh, what's the next, next chapter in the life of Cody look like? What's the next limitless chapter looking like if uh, you don't mind sharing? Well, this week I got a couple of speaking engagements, as I mentioned to you guys before this uh, recording started happening. One of those speaking engagements is hopefully to get my name on, you know, basically a speaker kind of tour that might go across Canada to different high schools uh, next year, of course. Now, I'm not going to speak any more on that because, of course, I don't want to, you know, jinx anything or anything like that. But I'm holding that very closely to me as well, because one of the reasons why I closed my store down recently is so I can also take my speaking engagements to another level. And that's the exact plan that I plan on doing. As for Limitless, the moment we hop off this podcast, I'm going to call a gentleman that is possibly going to maybe take some of my gear in a few locations across Saskatchewan for a for a corporation, basically. Yeah. Nice. So we're going to have to see how that phone call goes, but to not kind of hopefully jump the gun on too much things moving forward. Those are two things that I have right next. And so I'm looking forward to whatever happens next, but in the time being, I'm, uh, I'm just kind of living with life right now as it goes. And, you know, I'm just being grateful for having opportunities like these so well uh, a couple of things i guess cody so it depends on how your speaking engagement go uh if that doesn't work out for some reason i can replace greg with you if if that <laughs> would that work out better for you like would you like to be my full-time co-host instead yeah you know what i always thought of uh want to be on a podcast <laughs> see you greg <laughs> take, take care yeah, hey, welcome hey. our new host co-host cody dimery hey Teresa crowd <laughs> beat it <laughs> no, uh, no, could never do that for sure <laughs> the other thing uh cody why don't you uh just tell our listeners where they can find you right now like uh for limitless and uh you know and and however you want to be you know found out there yeah for sure well, I, first of all i do want to say thank you guys very much for your time your patience i know we were supposed to you know of course do this last week but uh, like I mentioned to you, Greg, beforehand, you know what, just was having one of those days where my energy levels, my focus levels wasn't there. And I knew I wanted to put more into it than, you know, where I was at at that time and space. And so instead of, you know, having this chat with you guys last week when I was supposed to, I went to the gym, started a 5k every single day kind of routine on the bike and started really feeling that energy where I needed it to be again. So, but I do just appreciate that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, No balls you needed. No. Yeah. Well, thank you. And once again, I just, I do want to really thank you guys for, of course, the honor of being invited onto your podcast show, of course. And you know what? I always love being able to share and connect and communicate with different other individuals in the business world and, you know, self-development, the professional world, everything. Right. So I want to thank you guys for that too, but you bet. Yeah. Um, you know, for the the clothing business, the the brand Limitless Gear, we're on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, it's Limitless Gear Clothing. The website is basically just limitlessgearclothing.com. If anyone wants to ever reach out as, you know, a speaker coming to an event, I do have a Facebook speaking page that is Cody Demery, Motivational Speaker. Or you can find me online on our website as codydemery.com as well. So, yeah. Very, very cool. Well, 
I can't thank you enough. This was awesome. Uh, I, I, this is going to go over very well, especially like uh, being released on uh, National Indigenous Peoples Day. Uh, we have we are very much connected within that community. Uh, so I, I think this is going to go over very well. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised that uh, that you'd have, be asked to be on here again. Absolutely. I appreciate that. We should almost set that in the calendar. Right. right. From, uh, Give us a little update on your yeah. uh, on your national speaking arrangements so that we can yeah. s- sneak you into our podcast, not get into your schedule at all. You know, yeah. we're very busy, guys. <laughs> well, to be honest, as long as everyone wins, right, you never lose. Absolutely. That's one of the main reasons we started The Hive, to bring people together, to win as a team, to share each other's stories and, and just bring people up any way we can. So, man, we can't thank you enough. I know everybody in the Hive Nation is going to take so much away from this. And uh, on behalf of Jason, I thanks so much, Cody. Yeah, Cody, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you, guys. Appreciate it. You bet. Awesome. Hive Nation, we're out. <laughs>